You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Who boy? Who wants to talk some Illini football, huh? Joey Wagner and Jeremy Warner here in Charlottesville, Virginia, where we just witnessed an old school thing we thought was maybe part of the past. Uh, Beatdown. Virginia takes a 14-0 lead within the first five minutes of the game, and they cruise to a 42-14 dominant victory. 556 yards of total offense for Virginia. Brennan Armstrong, a career day, 27 of 36 passing for 405 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, I see, what, five Virginia receivers with at least 55 yards. Jelani Woods with a career day. What a huge tight end he is. Five uh, catches for 122 yards. Keetion Thomas Thompson, sorry, was a real big playmaker for them, uh, just all over the field in that number 99. Illinois just had no answer, Joey, and that was an embarrassing setback for Brett Bioma in his third game as the Illini coach, and it was just so reminiscent of so many losses before Brett Bioma arrived. Yeah, didn't even let fans back home get their second cup of coffee or their second drink of the morning. It, it got over in a hurry, and and I'll say there were a couple times where the Virginia really gifted them a chance to say, hey, please, fight back a little bit here. We're, we'll, we'll miss a couple field goals, and it just never – never had, look, I, I just thought we weren't going to see that anymore, right? We weren't going to see 42-17 to 17, or 42-14, to 14, excuse me, just beatdowns. And Illinois just defensively uh, horrible. Uh, they didn't have an answer for anything. I mean, they had a couple takeaways that – Got the offensive ball, I guess. That wasn't much better. It just all around, you know, I, I put out, describe your feelings in three words on Twitter. And really, the best answer of the day was poo-poo stinky. And it was. It was all of that. It, that was I, that was a surprise. I didn't think they were going to win, but I didn't think it was going to be 42-14. to Poo-poo stinky. Is that a good title for this? Or who, boy? We'll do whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean, defensively, I was so encouraged by what Ryan Walters had shown against Nebraska that I thought, okay, maybe coaching changes enough of this team that they're going to be way more competitive defensively. There's still issues on this team, but maybe that's what changes a, a loss to a win or two losses to two wins. And that certainly hasn't been the case. The last two weeks, Joey, just atrocious all around defensively. And that, that's what I want to focus on, at least here at the start. And we'll go big picture here in a moment. Because the offense did have some moments. Um, I, I think we know Art Sikowski is not going to carry you to victories against a team like Virginia. Uh, I think we know the running game hasn't been established. And, and Tony Peterson's got to figure out a way uh, to get more on the perimeter like they did in the beginning of the second half and, and have some success. But you have no chance if you're giving up 550 yards and 42 points. You have no chance if you're giving up 37 points and 500 yards to UTSA. right? That's more than 1,000 yards you've given up in back-to-back weeks. And on this uh, stat broadcast that we get, Joey, you pointed out that 16 big plays, 16 rushes of 10 or more yards or uh, passes of 15 or more yards Virginia got in this game. That's way too easy, way too easy. And all these long drives that they were able to put together, and most of them in under double-digit plays. The first drive, 
four plays, 75 yards. The next drive, four plays, 80 yards. Later on in the half, seven plays, 62 yards for a score. Then they follow that up, nine plays, 75 yards, nine plays, 74 yards. The only thing that could stop uh, Virginia was themselves missing field goals and turning the ball over late in the game. I mean, this score is closer than the game actually looked on the field. Uh, this easily could have been a, a 60-burger uh, by Virginia. Yeah, uh, let's go through real quick. The first two drives of Virginia, the 14 nothing drives. First play of the game, 31 yards. Second play, 17 yards. They had nearly had a touchdown, but it was a nice pass breakup by Sidney Brown, who ended up leaving the game. False start, didn't matter. 32-yard touchdown on the next play. The second drive, 11 yards, 39 yards, Two yards, ho hum, twenty-eight yard touchdown. It, it just there was no resistance, and then all of a sudden you look up. It's not even halfway through the first quarter, and you're down fourteen. And this, uh, you know, Brett Bielema talked about how it didn't get, you know, the, maybe it was art, you know, not getting out of their comfort zone. But when you got to make up fourteen points and that quickly, I mean, it does. It does take you out. You want to run the ball, and it's. Yeah. Man, I don't even know where to begin well, yeah, defensively. Here, here's the thing. You've you got to play complimentary football with this offense, right? That's what they did against Nebraska. Because I think this offense can run the ball at certain times. This team is not built to overcome 14-point deficits. That said, they had some chances in this game that we'll get into uh, to potentially do that. But there's just not enough explosive playmakers uh, on this offense uh, to do that or consistency with the passing game. Uh, so defensively, you have to be a strong team, and they aren't. They're, they're, they look like the team we saw last year that was blown out, the team we saw in 2017 and 2018 that was routinely blown out. And we said before the season, Joey, we're going to find out how much coaching matters and how much talent is the issue. How big of an issue was coaching? How big of an issue was talent? I still think coaching was an issue in previous years, but I think it's becoming clear, and I think you and I knew that, yeah, this team was not talented enough to be a top-half Big Ten West team. I projected them to go sixth in the Big Ten West. I projected them five and seven because of that, but I expected that I expected this not to happen all the time. And Virginia is a good team. I think they could be in the ACC championship game, but you weren't even close uh, to them today. So that is really disappointing because up front, you've been awful. The last two weeks, you've not gotten any kind of pressure. And today wasn't like it was all quick hitters. I mean, how much time did Brendan Armstrong have just sitting in that pocket, dicing you up on these long pass plays? These aren't like five-yard slants that they're hitting on you. These are he's sitting back, gearing up, and has all the time in the world so where's Isaiah Gay? Where's Owen Carney? Right? Isaiah Gay's had a lot of time to break out here. Haven't seen it from him. Owen Carney had a couple good games last year. He has not had a, an especially strong start to this season. And today, I thought, um, really was, was mostly a non-factor in, in the pass rush. And the secondary, um, what more can you say? Last two weeks have just been atrocious. Given up 700 yards, I believe, through the air. Um, and it just feels like every time they're a man on main coverage, they don't have a chance. Like maybe every once in a while they get a pass breakup, but um, they're just getting burned back there. Easily burned, right? I mean, these are wide open on the run. And I sit here, and as you were talking, I thought, do we know any? I don't care much at this point about Nebraska because job-wise, I don't have to think about them anymore. Does this say more about them, or has something changed since week one? Because – Week one was zero, I suppose, excuse me, was so encouraging defensively and the way that they 
were aggressive and they blitzed and they covered well enough and and yeah look looking back adrian martinez missed some passes that probably would have changed things but it just feels like it's just not even the same unit out there. And I will say, I think Virginia is way more talented than Nebraska. Yeah. Like way more. Like you think of some of those guys. Like they got they got dudes. John, that that tight end, um, Jelani Woods is massive, and I think Katyon Thompson is really impressive as an athlete. And Billy Kemp is the kind of wide receiver Illinois lacks right now. I mean, if I didn't work every Saturday, I would probably watch Virginia. Yeah. They're a fun team to watch. Like they're. They dance around. I mean, you know, they move. It is fun to watch. A lot of window dressing. Creativity. And they, and they uh, deliver on it. But, man, I – where do you start, man? I, I just – I don't know. The, the front – you got to – I don't know if you got to try to press different buttons. I think you and I believe that maybe Seth Coleman could, could give something. Not uh, a lot of reps for him today. Not a lot of reps. We saw DJ Johnson physically. I'm not sure. The whole broader than that, you have the whole where in the world is Shimon Cooper question. I just don't. Well, can I answer? At this point, you've had two staffs not play him and put in walk-ons or a true freshman. So it's I, it, I will ask about him because he's a former four-star recruit, but we're three years in and he's not playing. Yeah, and so I, it's just a whole. That's a, a strange situation. Uh, it, you just move back. The linebackers struggle to cover C.J. Hart. Maybe there's a difference, right? Yeah. There's a difference from Nebraska to now is that guy because he was really, really good. Keith Randolph being out. Two of your best players early in the season out. It's, that hurts. and it, it catches up. And then the, the secondary, no one's out. It's just not good. It, it's just, I, I don't know. Maybe this, I know you want to be aggressive and you want to run man. But it, maybe you just can't. Maybe you just can't with this team. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. It's. It's so different. Which is weird because I think Tony Adams is good enough athletically. I think Devin Witherspoon's good enough athletically. I think Quan Martin is good enough athletically. But but clearly um, something is not working, and the staff's got to figure it out. But they just don't have many other options, and that's that's what's uh, the issue right now. Is you know Sidney Brown gets hurt all of a sudden. Uh, Kirby Joseph plays safety and then had a great interception late in that game, but. You just don't have many options. I, I would imagine Eddie Smith's got to play more, but we haven't seen much of him uh, at some point. But talent's an issue here, and and that ain't getting fixed overnight. They can go to the transfer portal, but uh, I I don't know if there are other button buttons that Ryan Walters and Brett Bielema can push because I, they just are not getting any pressure up front, and they're not winning one-on-one battles on the back end, and it's just so easy for these last two teams to run up and down the field that – Defensively, I don't know the changes that you can make right now. Um, I just think you got to play more sound football. And, and Bielma hit on this. This is kind of a bigger point, too, that he saw his team's confidence just rattled completely. Uh, he saw his team in position to make plays and just not make a play or screw up. Like he, he mentioned this with Tony Adams. He said he had great positioning on, on a deep throw, almost had an interception, but he yanked the guy. He just instinctively just grabbed a guy because he thought he was going to get beat, and you got to have confidence. And this is the point where Brett Bioma, he knew he had a big job ahead of him. He saw the Penn State game last year, right? Um, but I think this is where it really showed, like, wow, I have to do a lot of – um, psychology work here to, to figure out how these guys can have success and because most of these guys have known failure. So when something goes wrong, how can you not have that, oh, no, here we go again feeling? Because we do in the press box or fans do at home, right? The players are the same way. They're human and they feel that. And not having that confidence that they're going to make that play 
um, certainly seems to be playing a role too. Yeah, man. And Brett talked about you can put every game plan in place, you can teach them every drill, but that's not something you can't. Other, you know, you can pat them on the back, you can do the mental massaging, but you can't. You can't put that in there. And he said, at some point, something's going to click. I don't know, man. I, well, I don't know when that's going to be. I mean, you're third or fourth of the way through the season as is, and I, I'm pretty sure confident saying it's going to fourth of the way through. I don't think there's any. Any is, extra game on the is, is Illinois – all right, any Big Ten game? Because I think against Charlotte they should be favored, but we'll see. Um, is Illinois a favorite in any Big Ten game the rest of the way? Right now, no. Right. Now, I don't know. A lot of ball game left. Maybe they can – maybe whatever Brett wants to see click will click. I mean, I, I do think Virginia is really good, but you still can't have what happened happen and, and expect to be favored, man. It's – there's a lot there. There's a lot of moving pieces here beyond just here's the new scheme. And maybe that's something that we collectively didn't put enough stock in as we evaluated this team throughout the course of spring and fall and into the season is, okay, there's there's more. There's a bigger picture beyond just, okay, here's a new scheme. Let's see if this works better. There's so much in play here that maybe it's just deeper than that. I don't know. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a talent and coaching question, and the coaching hasn't been enough to overcome the talent. Of course, we can bring up some coaching questions too, right? Like offensively, I think they've really struggled – uh, to adapt and really get going early in the game. Um, but you did see some glimpses uh, from them. Art Sikowski had one really great drive, including Hello Do Span again. Uh, he's been one of the biggest bright spots of this season, especially the, the last two weeks. Isaiah Williams has been pretty good. He had a solid day, five receptions for 41 yards, but never really got going or got loose. Uh, but those are two of your best offensive options, Joey. You know it from our position previews and our whole offseason. Wide receiver was a huge concern for me, and that's proven to be the case. Um, you got to get quarterback and consistently get him the ball, but I thought Art Sikowski was far from the thing I was most concerned about today, not that he was great. Uh, but the receiver struggled to get open. 
and uh, Art seemed to lock onto one guy at sometimes, missing some guys at other times. The tight ends combined for what four catches for twenty yards. Um, it's just they got to find what their identity is. I don't know what Tony Peterson's offense identity is. I think they wanted to be this power inside zone scheme uh, offense, and I just don't think they're good enough on the interior. Uh, and Doug Kramer gets hurt today. That that certainly gives them a hit. I just don't know if they're good enough there. Um, to do that. I think they're better on the outside zone, and we saw that early in the, the second half, but I, I, what is their offensive? I don't know what that is right now. I don't either. I, I thought we saw a glimpse, and I remember you looked over at, at me and some of the other reporters, and maybe just Tony just found out what this team is in that first drive of the second half. They were attacking the edge. They were getting out there. A nice little dump off to Isaiah. You know, what an idea to get that guy in space and let him dance. It, it, and so you thought, like, okay, this is what it is. And I'm looking now, and I see seven carries for Chase Brown. That's not enough. It's just not enough. Well, he did get you know four catches as well. They got him involved. You just can't run a running back when you're down two touchdowns, right? Like that's the other part about the offense is there's like when they get down like that, this offense is out of its identity, which should be ball control, time of possession, right? Yeah, what they did against Nebraska. So I think the defense is just putrid play the last couple of weeks has really affected the offense because the guys who should be getting the ball, Chase Brown, which Kari Norwood had 35 yards on four carries today. Uh, Reggie Love only one carry, but Josh McCray, seven carries, 33 yards, has really shown something. Like, that's your strength right there. Be it, You can't just hand off the ball when you're down two touchdowns in the second half. No, and, and that's a good point. you, you got to find a way to – to make something happen. I, I think they miss Brandon Peters a lot. And so so what had happened to, to clear anyone up is he obviously had been out with this left shoulder non-throwing injury. He got cleared late in the week. He didn't practice. Brett just made the decision. He did go through warm-ups. He was with the second, I, which leads me to believe maybe he was available in case of emergency. I do wonder if that would have been the case. But, man, they miss Brandon Peters. And I know a lot of people and I know a lot of questions exist about what he is as a quarterback but right now, today, he's a better quarterback than, than Art Sikowski. And maybe it gives you a chance to do a little bit more. And that's not the reason they lost. Art's not the reason they lost this game. But Offense isn't the reason they lost. No, it's, I, I just think that plays into it. Brandon, I, I, to me, gives you a better chance to, if you've got to get out of your identity, to yeah. speed it up a little bit. It, it's just some issues, man. Yeah, my thing is, like, I don't think Brandon Peters changes the game today. And I, I just don't know about Brandon Peters with this offense. I, I don't know what it looks like. We saw, what, four or five throws uh, against Nebraska, you know, a couple drives against Nebraska. We saw a good, you know, obviously spring game, but he was playing Illinois' backup defense, and we see how good the Illinois starting defense is right now. Um, that's not saying much. So uh, I'm, I'm, I think Brandon Peters will start if he's healthy. I just think, as you said, he didn't have any practice reps, probably wasn't comfortable they probably weren't comfortable with playing him, but now you get him back for Big Ten play. They got to get off. The offense has to get off to a better start because uh, Tuolumne Viola is pretty dang talented. Maryland's got some talented receivers, so they have to get off to a better start just to give them um, a chance. And, and then the defense obviously has to do their job, which I, I don't know if they're capable of at this point. But um, I think you got a few bright spots on offense, and that's Chase Brown. He just has a burst, man. That some of these other guys don't have. I think Jakari Norwood has a burst that he showed today. Uh, Josh McCray's just been tough. It's been nice to see. And then Deuceban Isaiah Williams. But again, today, what, four targets for the tight ends? 
or what, six six targets. Yeah, six targets for the tight ends. You got to get them involved more. Like you see Jelani Woods running open. You're like, why can't Illinois have that with Luke Ford um, at some point? So I, Tony Peterson's got to figure that out. I'm more concerned about the defense, but obviously the offense um, doesn't didn't have a lot of success either today with a 97 quarterback rating for Art Sikowski and a 4.3 yards per rush. Two three and outs to start the game. We talked about a faster start. We thought one of our over-unders was a half a touchdown in the first quarter, and you think, I mean, I've seen it done against Illinois. Uh, you would think that they've not scored a touchdown in the first quarter in, in, in three games. And, you know, ultimately at Nebraska, it didn't really matter, and they gave themselves a little bit of a chance against UTSA. But two three and outs to start, then you still punt on your third. You know, you just happen to get a first down along the way, but you, you follow your first down with a loss in that third drive. You lose two yards, incomplete, incomplete punt. It, it just... You don't want to have the defense at this point. You'd like the defense to not be on the field, right? And you just you're not doing anything to help them. Not even from a freshness, or even just from a skill and a talent. Like, hey, let's just control this and and reduce the number of possessions another team has against us. So the other thing I think we got to mention here is this was a blowout at the start. Yet Illinois had a chance to really make this a game at a couple points in this game. And the same way as UTSA, like at the end of the half against UTSA, Illinois had that chance, and the punt hits Kirby Joseph, right? It just completely changes the game. Illinois got the ball back after Virginia had missed two field goals in a row, had a punt in there. So it was like Illinois had this chance. They scored a touchdown on one drive. Art was great. Deuce Span had that terrific catch uh, in the end zone with, with great coverage on him. But then you get the ball back with six minutes left, and you go three and out. You had a chance to tie the game or at least cut it to four going into half with you getting the ball back, the word double dip that Brett likes to use. You had that chance, and he had a three and out. Or And then the second half, you come out, great drive, great game plan, great uh, adjustments by Tony Peterson in the offense, great execution. I thought the offensive line was great on that drive. Chase Brown finishes it off with a 21-yard touchdown. It's 21-14, and you're thinking – Wow, after all of this domination by Virginia, Illinois has a chance. They just need a defensive stop. And then the defense gives up a nine-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. That, that's, those, those were two huge moments where you could have tied or gotten within three or four, and you just weren't able to do it. And then after Virginia's touchdown drive, a three and out. And that's the story. Thanks for coming. Uh, and they, of course, followed it up with another touchdown. That was... That was the end of that, man. It, it just feels like when you do see a little bit, after that third quarter drive, after a touchdown drive in the second half, you do see a little bit of, like, life. And you're like, okay, this is... But they, especially offensively, defensively, there's just really not enough words to get into how bad that, that has been recently. But offensively, you just can't... They talk about stacking days. Stack some drives. Stack at least some. Stack some first downs, yeah. right? Like, how many first downs now? In the first quarter, I think they have five first downs this entire season in the first quarter. Did they have one today? One. Yeah, so they have five first downs in the first quarter, if I'm correct. Like, it, it's, it's somewhere around there. Like, that is – like, Tony Peterson's got to evaluate. Like, what do we need to do to just – have some drives here so we can at least establish ourselves and gain some confidence and give our defense off the field for a little bit. Like the defense was awful today. That that's but the offense does have to find a way to have some success early. It's just taking them so long to get going. 
complimentary football. It's this thing that we sat in the press box at Memorial Stadium after Nebraska and said, boy, they did it. They, they kicked the ball. You know, the special teams was good. Defensive was, you know, you probably benefited from Martinez offensively after that first quarter. And we were like, this, boy, isn't it crazy what this looks like when it goes. And then when it's not there, it is, I mean, not only absent, it is like strikingly bad how absent it is and how that trickles all the way down. It's, you know, there are a couple pot I'm sitting here trying to think, like, goodness gracious, this is going to get a little harsh, but... There, there's no good things to say no, about it, Like, you could mention Josh McCray yeah, or Deuce Van. Yeah, they, they were fine, but, like, you look at this from, a, from just objectively, like, oh, my gosh. That was over by 10.30 Central Time. Yeah. I'm wondering what adjustments they make this week. We did see some offensive line changes that we had talked about all week with, with Deuce uh, – with uh, – uh, Jack Bedovinak was in at left guard, but Julian Pearl was at right guard. Now, Pilstrom played a lot. Jarosadi played a lot after Doug Kramer got hurt. He played center, which is nice to have Jarosadi because he can play center there. But I think Pilstrom, we'll have to look at the, the snaps. I think Pilstrom ended up playing more than Bedovinak, but Julian Pearl played most of the game. I think that was an improvement uh, there. Uh, so what kind of adjustments they make now? I think Brandon Peters will be your starting quarterback. I, I think that's got to be the case. I'm wondering, Brian Hightower and Jafar Armstrong played a little bit today. Do they get more involved now? They need a physical presence on the perimeter. Dale Von Campbell played a lot today at two catches, 43 yards, both late. So there wasn't much there. Um, but defensively, like, is there is there anything you could do? We wanted to see more Seth Coleman. We didn't see it. Um, we saw a little bit of DJ Johnson there. I just think you got to find somebody who can make plays. Maybe Kirby Joseph can, can make some plays. Maybe Taz Nicholson, that cornerback, can make some plays. Because at this point, if, if your veterans who you thought were going to be good aren't doing it for you, if it's Isaiah Gay or Tony Adams or whoever it is, you might have to make a change at this point in the season. Eddie Smith? I mean, I – and again, maybe we don't see practice. So we're, we're sitting here just almost blindly speculating because we've seen him play almost nothing here. But as you're looking around, I don't, I don't know what the the harm is. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what he's got in a game. But it's, you know, look, this three games into this, your roster is your roster. I don't know how much you can, what adjustments are sitting there, right? It's not like you've got some ace in the hole. I mean, frankly, you don't have a Josh, Josh McCray's no superstar, but you don't have a Josh McCray in the secondary. Like, see this unless you try a freshman. I don't know. I, I just don't. Who they they dressed Daniel Edwards and Tyler Strain. So the one guy I thought. That they might actually play this year, Keontae Curry. Uh, they didn't even travel today, so uh, those guys are really young and, and pretty undersized too. Yeah, I, at some point, I, I just don't know what the answer is right now, and I, I think we're starting to see just the magnitude of what this is going to take to try to put some the wheels back on a little bit. Remember when they were talking about Prather Hudson a lot too? He doesn't play defense, um, so. You know, Max Rosenthal we haven't seen out there a little bit. So just some of the guys that they added, it's like, okay, I'm wondering to see uh, some of those guys come in and make an impact uh, at some point. But I don't know how much you can do. Um, The other part that I think is really disappointing, and Brett hit home on this a lot, I thought it was pretty embarrassing late in the game, all the unsportsmanlike penalties that they had. It's a team that was frustrated, understandably so, 
but eight penalties for 90 yards. Some of them were so costly, whether it was Tony Adams' uh, defensive pass interference. Um, you had some – Isaiah Gay had an offsides on a third and five that gave uh, Virginia another first down. And then you just had some, you know, guys pushing people after plays, and that can't happen. Uh, and, and Brett said that's unacceptable. Um, we'll see what that turns into at some point. But you can't have that. You can't be sore losers uh, like that after a game either. Yeah, that, I'm glad you touched on that because I wanted to as well. That was surprising, right? I mean, you've heard Brett talk about the opposite. And, and, and honestly, it's not like he had to come in and clean up some massive – you know, it's not like this has been some issue in the past. So Penalties, but not on sportsmen. Yeah, that. so it's not like he had to come in and, and try to cut all these unsportsman likes out of the, the situation. I thought the one on Chase Brown was garbage. I, I just did, and it didn't change anything. It wasn't going to change anything. But – it's football, man. He was talking. I don't know if he said the magic word. I don't know what the magic word is, but the, then after that, it was just pushing and shoving, and just you can't have that. It's just, lost the game, dude. Yeah. That's it. Well, here you go. Uh, you're getting to the meat of Big Ten play now with games we thought um, at one point were winnable, um, and I still think they have some winnable opportunities if we see a defense that can stop somebody. I gotta be honest with you. I think Maryland is not a great matchup, um, based on how Tonga Viola played against West Virginia. They got some really good passing weapons, so I think Illinois could score uh, against them. It's can Illinois get off to a good start? I think that's so important for this team to be able to establish the run, establish kind of a, a control the clock kind of mentality. We only got a we got a quick turnaround Friday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. Um, it's gonna be a quick one here, but. They got to find a way to get a win and get some mojo back here, Joey. I I predicted a one and two start. I didn't predict the defense to be this poor against both Virginia and UTSA, and it gives me a lot of pause. Heading into a couple games with some really good passing attacks in Maryland and Purdue. Yeah, I think there's every cause in the world to have some pause about what you think. Is, but you're right. I mean, Susan, you don't have some gauntlet of Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, or you know whatever the case may be. There are winnable games here but as we sit here it's just hard to look at those and reasonably think that they're wins right i mean they they could go that way but it's not this was bad it's not the end of the world there, there is a chance that they can find whatever that confidence snap is that they can try to get this thing moving on and maybe these two teams virginia and utsa i think they are about who we think they are they're not going to college football playoff for the love of god but they're good teams I can see Virginia competing for their division title. Sure. I, I think they're a really talented team. Yeah, I think all that is there. Uh, but it's same with same with UTSA. Their division in the Conference USA. It's just a little bit different in Conference USA. I, I think there is opportunity still out there. Now it's going to be going to be tough as nails to maximize that opportunity, just given what we've seen the last two weeks. So now I, again, I keep coming back. It's our job to understand these data points that we're given every week. What is that Nebraska game? Yeah. What is it? Is it is it an outlier for Illinois? And, and really, I mean, seriously, the recipient of Adrian Martinez just missing wide open throws? Is that what it is? I don't... Or them I, not being very good. I mean, it might be that Nebraska's just not very good either. I mean, they, they've not been great. Um, I'm looking at their score right now. Nebraska's playing Buffalo, and it's right before halftime. It's 14-0, but they didn't score any points until midway through the second quarter. So now we have to look what... I, you know, I just don't know how to evaluate that game, right? And 
I think it, what is out there exists. It's just really hard to understand where, and I felt similarly after last week, and this week it leans me to tend to think that that was the outlier. So, I, man, there's, there's a lot of work to do, both this season, beyond, but there is still some chances, there are still some chances out there that you can salvage some sense of something in Brett Bielema's first year, right? Oh, my, that kick missed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway from the last two weeks is, oh, yeah, Brett Bielma is taking over an Illinois football program that, what, five straight coaches have been unable to, to really figure out how to have sustained success there. It's a really hard job. And even after the Nebraska game, they still have a really hard job, and that's become obvious the last couple weeks. They need more talent. It's going to take time to do that. But this roster – looks like it should be better than next year's roster, right? So you got to find a way to turn this season around because you don't want it to turn into one of those 2-10 and ten first season. I mean, think of the first seasons of the last couple of Illini coaches we thought had some talent to inherit and maybe win with a little bit in the first year. Lovey Smith goes 3-9. and nine. Tim Beckman goes 2-10, and ten, right? Those Both those coaches, Beckman took over a bowl team. Um, Lovey took over a team that was 5-7. and seven. Both those coaches lost more games. Um, you know, the next year. So uh, you just don't want that to happen. You don't want these two losses to spill over into what we just talked about. I mean, Maryland is going to be favored. They should be favored. I'd probably pick Maryland to win that game, but I don't want to have a chance to win that game. they got to give themselves that chance. Purdue, you got to have a chance to win that game. Uh, and then Charlotte, like all of a sudden you're worrying a little bit about that one, given what happened at UTSA and given that your defense hasn't been able to put it together and Charlotte won at Duke. So all those games that you feel like are winnable, um, the odds are going down the more you see this team. So uh, can Brett be able to turn it around? That, that's the big part of his job right now is can he get this team to believe in itself and execute? And, and can they get – can Ryan Walters get his defense better? Can Tony Peterson figure out what he can do offensively with this group? I still think they're trying to figure that out. Yeah, and I, we thought that maybe they were going to have an answer to that after they flushed – last week right that was the big thing is you know i'm sure brett's gonna say it again on monday it's how you respond sunday and i, I can almost write the first yeah. opening and that's fine that's what he believes in but at some point you've got to see that go right and you've got to see these corrections but today was was not good all right that'll do it for us uh illinois loses 42 to 14 it is a quick turnaround 8 p.m central time kickoff against maryland on friday night We'll see how many people show up uh, for that one with high school football going on and on a Friday night on campus going on. We'll figure out how much people actually show up to that one. But we will be there, of course. We'll be at every Illinois football game to have you covered and figure out uh, what Brett Bielma is going to do with this program moving forward. Thank you guys for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow. Uh, give us a rating review wherever you get your podcast. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.